0: How far did you get in Fallout 4? Did you
1: just give up? You're like fuck
0: this, I don't want to build this house.
1: I gave up too because well that's what I would do is I would just go off the map. And so I would be in mm-hmm. some um I was going to say simp chamber, but uh, synth chamber or like the simp chamber. Um synth chamber or or some uh-huh. some like hospital or something where the monsters were just too powerful and then I would just get killed and then I was like where did I end up? And I'm still supposed—I was supposed to go back and like get some guy's baseball card or some
0: shit. And I was like, I don't fucking know or something. You can always just not do those missions though. You can just explore. I thought it was more the building aspect because I'm like, you don't have to build shit. You can just yeah. totally treat all your your settlement's like crap and just let them figure it out and they won't they'll just be have no beds and every time you come into the settlement they're all sad and they're like why don't we have there's 12 of us here and there's one bed and uh, you can just be like F- good luck you're a sorry hey man it's uh-huh. a sober living house um yeah. <laughs> like literally i know we should do we talked about this before but like when i first started playing i'd just gotten sober like a year and so i didn't do any even the drugs to enhance like the game or whatever mm-hmm. and uh like now, when I play the game, I like literally do every single fucking drug I can find. Like I just eat it all just to see what happens. To a point where my character is so addicted to drugs, it's like a detriment. Like he's just drunk and high. <laughs> and so, and this is not this is not today's uh 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 topic
1: s- topic. Thank you. Yeah. But I do want to have a discussion, and I think uh, one of our listeners, Kyle, sent me some a list of things. But you know, being drunk in video games, I think, or being right. intoxicated in video games is an interesting uh subject and how it's portrayed
0: i didn't get old boy drunk in red dead very often though because i liked him a lot like yeah i like really like that character so i was like you're not gonna be a fucking drunk Mm -hmm. mess well i just played it last night where i
1: had Mm -hmm. like i got wasted with my friend in the in the and i'm just like what the fuck is going on here and it was a total mess and i didn't really see at the point i don't think there was any point to the mission it was just like this let's show you how drunk you can get
0: Right, and I think it was like, yeah, trying to navigate shit while being wasted. I think it was more character building than anything. Right,
1: else. right, right, right. Um. So yeah, so yeah. um, I would like to inform everybody out there that the skies are clear, um, the for the air is fresh, the fire is yeah. abated a little bit. I mean, there's still a lot of people who have lost a whole bunch, and I can't even yeah them and imagine the level of. Loss that's going on out there. Um. So, but I'm really grateful that skies are clear here. I know that you. Yeah. The same with you now.
0: Yes. Um. Those things we take for granted, dude. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is what I was thinking about the other day. Uh, I think about it more and more often. The longer I'm in this 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 whole pandemic quarantine situation is like March 12th. I wasn't. I was just taking the bus to work and just working we had Friday the 13th on March 13th and we had, that's when I was starting to worry about the pandemic. But that was like, I just took it all for granted how normal everything was. Just like when the sky, it looked like fucking Mars up here. And I just took it for granted that I could like see all the trees on the skyline. You know what I mean? a mile out. And now I like, you know, and then we lived in that reality where you couldn't even see across the street. You know, it was just so otherworldly. This year has been so otherworldly. It really Mm -hmm. has, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know, man.
1: It's, um, I always try to think about, like, how do I not take things for granted, right? And how. It's hard
0: to not to.
1: Because at some point I just need to be comfortable and relaxed and live my life. And Mm -hmm. I can't, I mean,. Uh, not to say that I couldn't be overcome with gratitude for every single moment of every single day, but at some point That'd I would be to weird. Get some shit done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Instead of just sitting there in a zen haze, being like every single thing is a fucking wonderful, awesome product of God in the universe, which it is mm-hmm. in its own way, but I mean, good Lord. That's like having the volume up to 11 all the time. I couldn't do that. You, know, right. you have to kind of take it for granted. I think about like when I get really sick, then I have a fever and I'm sick and then I think about like, man, remember when you didn't have a fever and you were doing all right and like mm-hmm. walking wasn't like the end of the world? Or like when I have, when I get migraines and how much I take it for granted right now that I have no migraine and I feel great, you know, and I need to right. like notice that. I don't need to swim in it all the time, but I need to accept it and honor it. I think that's what works best for me. Sure. Same with recovery, dude. Sure. Ooh. Well, right.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, today's letter is O and I thought that we would, um, I want to talk about a few things so I feel like oh should be for open discussion um I also wanted to talk about October sobriety yeah sober October (laughs) but (laughs) open face sandwiches Mm. open face sandwiches yeah is that a sandwich
0: is it oh man I had a meatloaf open face sandwich that was delicious but is it a sandwich because it was just meatloaf on two pieces of bread with gravy and mashed potatoes and I'm like is it just gravy and mashed potatoes and meatloaf on top of bread so to answer that question, that's um, a Walter if question. you,
1: yes, well, if you want to, um, you can go over to the, uh, gluten is not your problem podcast. <laughs> and I believe the episode is called is a hot dog, a sandwich. And oh, he, you're right. he breaks it the fuck down. And mm-hmm. I think at one point we talk about whether or not cereal is soup and he breaks it the fuck down, like, like uh-huh. nobody's business. And he, he makes some very good points.
0: So head over to gluten is not your problem for that one. That really is just, right.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the the uh, the message here. Um, so I wanted to start. I wanted to share a little story with you, Please Jerry, because I haven't, mm-hmm. I didn't talk to you about this. But I drove out. A couple of listeners um, reached out to me on uh, on Facebook, on social media, and mm-hmm. they asked me at one point would I come and and speak at a meeting. Oh, now. Again, this is – I'm not going to talk about the meeting because, you know, here, here, say here, leave it here, 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 whatever, right? Yeah. What happens here stays here. Here, Right, here, here. here. So – but I I do want to talk about some of my thoughts. Um, So they reached out, and I was a little trepidatious just because groups of people, groups of strangers, social distancing, being in a different building. But it's like I walk into the fucking store – And whatever, and it's you know okay time versus viral load, and like these are all the thoughts that I have whenever I have to do something, and it's like, Mm -hmm. like I would love to, and I was like, yes, I'd love to right now, and um, but these are my concerns. Like I want to wear a fucking mask, and who's not wearing a mask, and you know, and the area that I went, masks were optional, and it's like, oh Jesus, like what the fuck, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, so I. I'm compelled to do this. It's 90 minutes away that I have to drive there one way and, and do this.
0: You got to think about it the whole time on that
1: 90-minute so, ride. Uh, and that's part of it, man. Like, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, th- those were some of my thoughts. We're like, oh, God. And, but I also I don't want to get into a point. It's a fucking fine line because I don't want to get to really a point is. where I'm like looking at every single person as potential exposure. And death mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. kind of like what goes in your goes flashes through my mind and I'm like that's not, yes that's not healthy but <clears> we're trying to be cautious you know fear is important because fear keeps me from running into a, um, a busy traffic right right yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it keeps me on the trail when I'm out hiking so that the mountain lions are not interested in me right but um so we get there and um, I meet the guy outside and I'm, he goes to shake my hand, and I'm like, hey, man, elbow bump, cool, like, you know, no, and everyone's super cool, and everyone understood, and I had my mask on for most of the time. At one point when I was speaking, like, I took it off because, like, I just... And I, I don't know. I don't know if it was the right thing or the wrong thing, but it's, at one point, like, I just, was like, I can't fully speak through this, and it's... Right. I, I don't know. Am I, am I the one fucking up? Am I the one spreading fucking disease everywhere? Like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And to say am I being selfish like so all these things but it was but it felt awesome and um it was it was so needed and so necessary and so I mean I would only urge that people be as absolutely cautious as possible and um, I I don't know what else to say but I am like there was a sense of relief from being around complete strangers who were like looking for the same thing I was and to be able yeah. to help share it. And so but one thing <laughs> and and just this is this is it was beautiful and it was awesome. And you know, it's in the it was in the some you know, just what you would imagine. It was the corner shop at the at some strip mall behind some other building and you're like yeah. rolling up and there's you know, dudes in the parking lot vaping and um it was super nice. And the woman who was running the meeting she got me a coffee, which it was uh, far too late for coffee. I thanked her very much. But um, <laughs> I did. It was like a white chocolate coconut milk mocha. And I was like, oh, my right. God. That's awesome. But you're also
0: in that position where you have sleep issues. I get it. Right. I just chuckled because this is the age we're at. I mean, I know I'm <laughs> heading down a different it tangent is. here. Yes. But like, I'm like it's at 630, I'm like, I shouldn't have a Diet Coke. I shouldn't even have an iced tea <laughs> right now. But anyway, go right. ahead.
1: So so these two these two people who listen to the podcast and mm-hmm. um and I I'm thinking to myself in my head like I've got these conflicting ideas about I have this podcast we talk about recovery we talk about sobriety we sometimes talk about the program and mm-hmm. we've always had issues with like whether or not and are we being true to the program by talking about it and so on and so yeah. forth and I have a podcast and um and I'm like, is that gonna come up from somebody? And then if somebody yeah. asks me about it, is somebody gonna be angry at me? Is somebody gonna be yeah. interested, right? Like, oh, well, what right. would I say? I don't wanna be there, I'm not here to promote my show. Like, I really right. didn't want that to be the case, but what right. am I gonna say if somebody wants to know, like, hey, what's... And you wanna know the truth, Jerry? Nobody gave a shit.
0: <laughs> you weren't selling uh, <laughs> pre-signed uh, autograph yeah. pictures, glossy eight yeah. by 10s, it, of you with your mic, like, <laughs> yeah, hey. you know. Nobody Pony, gave a like, shit, and it was like all... recovery, of course, nobody gave a shit, yeah, <laughs>
1: people were there, and they were grateful for the share, and like, yeah, yeah, like they were stoked, mm-hmm. but like and i didn't I didn't bring it up in my share, but like it was all in my own my little head, my little
0: ego, yeah, it was like of well, course, I this
1: podcast
0: well, and I think about it too, it's like you know when I did i same thing when I did my share via zoom, and uh, when I told my story, and one of the members of the 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 meeting there was like yeah i listen to your podcast all the time you know and i same thing i thought about damn like because i you know in the beginning i thought about a lot like are we breaking 11th tradition here are we not are we doing a disservice to this program that's helped us so much and more and more i'm like i don't i don't think we are because we we have a lot of you already know you Mm -hmm. already know our caveats we have a lot of like disclaimers where we're like dude you, or, or person, you got to do what you got to do. You know, This is what mm-hmm. we do and this is part of our life and our recovery and we're not the f- – I don't even think I speak for recovery in of itself. You know what I mean? I just speak for Jerry and you speak for John. Yeah. I'm glad it's afforded the opportunity to be able to talk to a group of people though and get something from them and they get something from you. We never really had that opportunity before in our lives You know, while drinking – no, not I guess at all. I mean maybe you could do some bar like seminars. You could be like, here's how much vermouth you put in a fucking long tall Sally or whatever. But you know,
1: <laughs> I mean, I had there was there was actually there were a few times where I felt there was some commiseration between bartenders and stuff like that. There were a couple times, right. but they always ended up. We were at the fucking Azteca Cantina getting drunk on pineapple flavored mm-hmm. Patron. Oh God, it was terrible. They had like the chill machine. No, I know for the Jagermeister.
0: No, I drank that pineapple fucking tequila drunk, with you. Tequila. Cuervo, remember? Mm-hmm. We got so. Uh, no drunk. I mean, drunk logs. whatever. We got so drunk that one night in Seattle we went to that Mexican restaurant on Ballard mm-hmm. Ave. Yep. And we were so drunk, the fucking cook staff came out because yes. we were so loud. And wow, they came out to watch all these fucking drunk ass fucking gringos like, drinking pineapple tequila. We were so loud. The Mexicanos came out and they were like, What's going on? What yes, this fucking ding dong's up to. You were there. Yes, I remember yeah. now. We were, the, I think, we were there. Oh, with that, Eric was and the Will. Azteca. Yes, that was the Aztec Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So anyway, so yeah. So what we get from that is not the same as what we get from this because you can not commiserate and be so you know partners in arms and, mm-hmm. and do you know what I mean? Like commiserate in that way. But what what lasting lesson do you take from that? Like where do you apply that to your life? Other than like this job is hard, it's service industry. We're here to get loaded. Maybe I'll hook up with a server. I don't know. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm
1: saying? Like, <clears throat> and none of that is is. There's no there's no lasting value, right? Other Not than necessarily, yeah. Other than a shitty, terrible story that, you know, is kinda of funny because it was just mm-hmm. so absurd. Yeah. Um, but it really was. It was like a genuine joy and relief and I came That's home. Great. And I drove the 90 minutes after, and they invited me out to, you know, to have food and whatnot. And I was like, I really – I got to get home because, you know, it's going to be <laughs> – Well, because it was, you know, it was going to be like 10.30 yeah. or something mm-hmm. and before I got home. And, you know, 10.30, it's getting late, Jerry. It's time for your bedtime. <laughs> well,
0: especially with you, like with your sleep issues, I understand yeah. having a, a regimen as far as going to bed and, and wanting to, like, get on top of that so you don't uh, – mm-hmm. you don't fucking – you know, go off and aberrate. Is that the right word? Have an aberration, aberration from your routine or your schedule. Right. Especially with sleep. Sleep issues are the worst, man. Mm-hmm. Sleep issues are the worst. I get them too. And I'm like, fuck. So I'm glad you got something out of it. You probably slept good that night. Mm-hmm. Unloaded it all. Slept like, unloaded you load and slept like a baby. Exactly.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Um. I um, And, you know, everyone's going to do what everyone's going to do. And everyone's dealing with this pandemic differently. And there's no... yes. I'm I'm not judgmental in the slightest at people who do or do not and what they do and I I mean I have my own feelings about things and I try to be as safe as possible and um you know it's it was just it was really it was extraordinarily valuable to be there. Mm-hmm. So is
0: Isn't that a trip, right? Because when I first got into the program, when I first started doing sobriety and recovery, I would always hear the guy and my dad too. These The guys and my dad always say, well, helping people, that's the best part of it. Or being able to be of service to people, that's the best part. I've even heard you say being able to be of service. And it makes more sense now than it did like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I was like, what the fuck do I want to be of ser- I'm trying to be of service to me mm-hmm. and make me better not realizing that like now as i get older and people write me about the podcast or or i talk to people who have gotten sober because they saw me get sober and they used to party with me and now they're not drinking anymore and they're doing really well and that like keeps me going that like roots me on now and it's really weird it's really hard to explain why it does that but it all i think it just justifies my actions you know like look i think i'm on the right track i'm trying to better myself and make things easier for me and everybody around me And these other people are watching me going, oh, shit, I should do that, too, you know? Like, being an example is weird. Being a good example is really weird to me, dude. Well, there's positive reinforcement
1: in it, one. Absolutely, yeah. There's definitely some egoic egotistical ego. oh
0: yeah because it's a, in a way it can be well it's just like the argument about altruism right are you doing nice things for other people for them or for yourself and in, is it truly a nice thing to do you know what I mean is it selfless to do if it benefits you but that's like that weird philosophical debate you know that that I think that's just more navel gazing you're just mm-hmm. kind of picking the lint out of the fucking <laughs> shirt for no reason you know but I, I, it makes more sense now. And you telling your, you know, telling, telling me this now, it's like I see it. I relate. I absolutely can relate. Like, yeah, doing, being able to get up and say what happened to me and how I felt, and having other people say, yeah, I understand that. That, that shit keeps me sober, man. Mm-hmm. I used to think that was some corny shit that people would say to me because they wanted me to buy their A.A. Amway or whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And now I'm like. Oh man, these old creepy dudes were right. Right. There was <laughs> yeah, one woman
1: dude. in particular that I, you know, as I'm trying to like, <clears throat> and to a certain extent, there's a certain performative uh, aspect of it because I'm trying to share it right. with everybody, and you're standing in mm-hmm. front of everyone, and I don't want to be sort of like just looking down and telling my story, and you want it to be, I want it to be engaging. Engaging. I also want to hit mm-hmm. all the points, and there was like a dozen points that I forgot, and there's no time because. You'd be surprised when you get up there and start talking about your alcoholism, 15, 20 minutes goes by really fast.
0: I didn't realize it would until it did, yeah. yeah. But there was, was one like woman half in particular
1: who mm-hmm. she kept making eye contact with me. And I come across her as I'm scanning the room and she's like,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And I was like, <laughs> right? So she's just like, the, the eyes like, her eyes to, would like I've open been to up. the Azteca too. Yeah. I've been to the Azteca. <laughs> that tequila is disgusting. So, um,. It was really powerful. Um, I tried to, you know, again, you know, check my fucking ego at the door and just go do your yeah. job. You know what I mean? That's my my job in the mm-hmm. program is my job, and that's it. And so it's that's to what carry I
0: carry the message, right? Or to carry right. at least your message, yeah. whatever the message mm-hmm. is. Carry. I don't even know if it's the message. Right? They say the message, but I think it's more like I carry my story because the message means that I'm like a missionary, and I'm not a missionary for AA. I'm no. a missionary for Jerry. Yeah. and what jerry's done but even i'm not even that like i'm not trying to get you to convert that's why the carry the message thing of me always trips me out because i'm not trying to convert anybody necessarily if they want to be converted <clears throat> come talk to me and i'll tell you how it's working for me but it's not you know what i'm saying like i yeah
1: and that's built in if you want right. what we have right find someone who has what you, or who who has what you want and go talk mm-hmm. to them and say hey how did you get that because i want that too. Right. And i think that that's the important thing because that oh, yeah. It was never i never said oh here's a book that i can live my life by. It was oh here are some people who have picked up this book and found other people and have found a way to live that is positive and, and helpful to them, which is inspiring to me because I, that's what I want. And so I went and talked to mm-hmm. that guy and I was like, hey, you seem like you got it together. And he's like, well, no, not really, but <laughs> I can help <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
0: Right this is it's weird man when we talk about the performative aspect of it too and AA and meeting up in the groups and the rooms and stuff and, and even this podcast I I was talking to my wife about this the other night and how like I always have struggled with the feeling of not being very genuine in, mm-hmm. in my recovery life as with other people socially right because I never really even in my old home group never really pierced that veil entirely where I'm like this is who I am as a person mm-hmm. I've always had that social guard up where I'm like well don't don't say that wild Jerry shit you think. Like, don't be Tattoo Shop Jerry here. You have to be Recovery Jerry. Even on this podcast, I have to be careful about what I say sometimes because there's a bunch of people listening and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or unintentionally say something that I think is funny that makes someone else feel bad, you know? Right. Um, so I always have to really be measured. And I always felt like I was being not genuine to myself. But at the same point, I also realized that me having – to be cautious not cautious isn't the right word but I'm trying to think of the word for it but do you know what I mean it is the, go the ahead. thing that I think the word you're looking for is thoughtful and I don't yeah. think there's <laughs> anything wrong with that I
1: think that's important I think that, you know people uh, like to say things like well I don't really like that guy but he says it how it is and I'm like right. that's not really a, a a virtue in my book not being thoughtful and just saying whatever right like it's me tells it how it is. And I'm like, well, yeah. shouldn't, shouldn't being a little more thoughtful with your words be important. Shouldn't that be, a shouldn't value? that be how it
0: is? Yeah. yeah. So That's what right. I, when
1: you say right. that, when you say it cautious, I think thoughtful and I don't, because also we're not here to, um,
0: intentional. That's the word I was like,
1: intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think that the, I think those things are important, man. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you are. I mean, I know that Listen, listen. I was thinking about the, the podcast and, um, you know, I do. I take care of the production aspect of it and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was thinking about, like, I don't know why, metaphors for it, and, and you come in and. And maybe you crack some jokes, and maybe the jokes are a little dark and a little uh, heavy. And um, sometimes it's color. Like, I provide color commentary. Thank you. <clears throat> well, see, if I'm the glue, Jerry, then you're the glitter. That's that's yeah. That's... Oh, shit.
0: I'm the sequence. Yeah. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but
1: that no, that's that's the extent
0: of my metaphor is that if mm-hmm. I'm the glue, you're the glitter.
1: You're and, absolutely um... the
0: glue of this podcast, John. Like, you are way more motivated and you are way more forward thinking than me. Like, if it were up to me, it would just be us shooting the shit all the time with no subject just kind of not even editing just mm-hmm. it'd be all it'd be all butt and dick jokes all day you know We're going to
1: save that for the Twitch stream I
0: promise. That's for the Twitch stream <laughs> yeah. But I've I, I I But being thoughtful you were I talking about I struggle because thoughtful. I feel like sometimes I'm not being as genuine but I'm not being ingenuine I'm not being insincere like this is actually me at my most sincere but also I'm I have to be guarded and a little intentional in my wording even at the AA, even at the meetings you know because I'm like I just don't but it's also social awkwardness, man. It's mm-hmm. like being way too thinking way too much about things I shouldn't even be thinking about. It's like when you went and did your share and you were like, man, I don't know if I can do this for this long. And then it all just spills out of you and you feel good and someone gets something out of it. And then when I do it, I'm thinking like, man, I, I tried to be funny and nobody laughed at that part. But that's not the important part is the shit that people laugh at. It's, it is, but it isn't, you know? I there was know.
1: something I think I cracked one joke in there or something that has gotten a laugh before and it was completely mm-hmm. silent. Crickets, tumbleweed goes by. You're oh like, Fuck. yeah, and I like I paused for a second, like waiting, and nobody laughed. And I was like, Mm-mm. just keep moving, John, because that's not what it's about. People are not fucking here
0: to this get ain't your that fucking, kind of room. You know what I mean?
1: This is <laughs> this ain't that kind of room. This is they're I hear not you. they're not here for the fucking yeah. you know. uh, drive time laugh track or whatever they used to play on the radio five o'clock whatever. oh
0: yeah all stanky johnny and jerry <coughs> <fish> Hooks. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> it's you know, not like... it's
1: not that's not what's important and so but i was very thoughtful and like okay well i need to be intentional i don't want to spend too much time on the drunk but it needs to be mm. i need to explain that i i'm where i'm supposed to be Right before I just start spilling into,
0: yeah. Tell them how bad it got. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For you to
1: get here, yeah. Right. So I think, I think it's important to be thoughtful, and mm-hmm. you can still be genuine. You just don't. You don't have to be gross the entire conversation, or you don't have to. You know no. what I mean? It doesn't have to be. I mean, that's what goes for me too. No, I know but, what you mean. Yeah. But you know, so I mean, I get, I get where you're coming from about wanting to be genuine because I don't. Sometimes when we talk, I forget that we're recording, but I mean, I have headphones on and there's a microphone in front of me and, right. you
0: know, I mean, I know, but, but that's a good thing though. That means we're right. conversational in our tone and we're not being ingenuine. We're being our true selves. If you mm-hmm. forget we're recording, that means we're, I think at least yeah. a conversational tone of what we're doing is correct. You right. know, I guess, I don't know. I tend to go on rants a lot in my private life. Like I rant, like a lot of, I do a lot of things that it's fueled by like, righteous indignation Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean but it's not an overwhelming one where I'm like it's ruining my life I just tend to especially politically like my poor wife just sits there and I just rant and rant and rant and then realize I'm doing it and I have to cut that stream off you know and that's not something I want to do here that's not appropriate for here Mm -hmm. but I guess but that's not the, the, the the entire thing it's just Me as a person, sometimes, and this is also like the way you were thinking about, you know, overthink about things. I overthink about that. I'm like, am I being genuine? Am I being real? Am I being Jerry or am I being like podcast Jerry or am I being AA Jerry? Or, you know, because Tattoo Shop Jerry is different, you know. But But is that the true you? (laughs) I don't really like Tattoo Shop Jerry very much, though. (laughs) And it's not the true me. It's the Jerry. That's like the coat of armor I have to put on to be in a toxic room, you know. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so podcast
1: aside, just being genuine, I mean, they're very being, being available to talk to people, you know, um, and being able to, you know, whether you sponsor or if it's just even just a casual conversation, like Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's too easy to not listen. I think it's really easy for me to kind of go, okay, I know what I'm going to say next or I know what needs to be said or Mm -hmm. And I, I think I said this before, even the last couple of weeks, that it's that the best conversations I have are when I'm actually focusing on listening rather than guiding the conversation mm-hmm. um, and they come out much better. You know, I've done a, yeah. f- a few of these interviews with people and sometimes I find myself going, OK, I got to get. I gotta get I gotta get back on track, or I gotta ask a question, or something like that. And you know, most of the time, I don't really have to if the conversation right. is, is casual, and so that people can genuinely share what's up with them as far as their sobriety and their recovery.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Dude, your brother, by the way, I watched that video. He looks just like you, dude. I know, right? I don't know whose genes it is, your dad or your mom, but somebody in your family has some strong genetics because you guys <laughs> look so much alike now. Last time I saw your brother, he was like this skinny guy in Seattle with a ponytail. Mm-hmm. I think he had his little boys were like babies. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, even before that, and I was thinking about when he was a teenager and came to visit us. Yeah. When we lived that and we like fucked with them the whole time. Right. When we, you and I lived together in our twenties, but like seeing him now and he's like this, how old is he now in his forties, early forties, like thirties. He's forty. Yeah. Yeah. Just your guys genetics, 41. man. You're so similar. Your faces are so similar. I think it's because I lost a lot of weight too. Yeah. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's what it, that's it is. A yeah. Part of it. Cause I was so big. Yeah.
1: My face yeah. was so round. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was always taller and skinnier. Um, mm-hmm. and just to bring that up in case, uh, anybody wants to, um, you know, make me happy you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and see my brother too. <laughs> Yo, if, if you're listening
0: subscribe to subscribe and so you can see what we look like, I actually comb my hair and change my shirts right? to be on this. Yeah. Uh, like I showered. I put on shoes, man. I got uh, shoes on. Not me. I like don't wear shoes for <laughs> right. <in the> house. <laughs> um oh I so I wanted to also
1: ask you, it's it's October. It's sober October. And Ooh, I know that you're yeah. um we did we did one a while back, like last year, the year before about Sober October, and the general feeling was this sense of disdain for the um for the idea and the notion. Right. Which I, I was don't like know Man. That's, that's that's changed a little bit or softened. But I mean originally so so my original feelings and I think we both shared them was like, Oh, you just get to visit or, and I'm a I'm a prisoner here, right? Mm-hmm. You're just gonna have some fun and not drink for a month, whereas I gotta fucking deal with it every
0: single day, every waking moment. Mm -hmm. But it's not really a prison anymore. I don't. No, I don't think so either. I I think it's more liberating than anything else. Now oh. I look at people and I'm like, oh, you're not in a prison. So for a month, you get to be off the leash and get to walk around and see what life is really like. And then you get to click that leash back on again at the end of the month. Like mm-hmm. I feel sorry for people now at this point. I It's weird to feel proud of people and be like, you're making the right decision and this might lead to something positive. But now I feel I don't even feel irritated at them. I feel kind of sad. Like, But mm-hmm. I still roll my eyes. But I feel kind of sad for them because I'm like, wow – You're, you're really, really getting to see past, past the veil and you're just not really. And you're just going to let it go. You're just going to let it go, man. It's like your fingertips just barely touch it. And then you got to go right back under again. And, and And, I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, we're, we're kind of generalizing
1: here and it is specific person to person. Right. You know, so, so not everybody, not everybody has a drinking problem. Right. Um, Some people are just what? like I want
0: to lose fucking ten pounds or five pounds or whatever. Right. But there
1: seems to be the the excitement over Sober October is this. I just see people who I have seen in the past who are heavily dr You know the most the most famous one right now, and I don't know if they're doing it, but is like the Joe Rogan, Burt Kreischer, Tom.
0: Sabrina, oh yeah. Ari, right. Are they doing that again?
1: Ari Shafar. I don't know. They do it every year. But what I see is we do the Sober October, and I don't know any of those guys. Um, No. But I do see some of them. You know, I see Burt Kreischer, you know, often very drunk and very red faced. I uh, stopped listening
0: to Joe Rogan when I got sober. Like, I just didn't want to listen to him anymore. I really did. Like, around the time I started getting sober, less and less it seemed interesting to me. He has interesting guests sometimes. But Kreischer's. I feel bad for Kreischer. He's got two little girls. They're probably like my daughter's age now, mm-hmm. but he's just like maybe he's doing great. I don't know. He's but right. he just looks like a like he's just fucking loaded all the time and that like he's like almost our age and that's his whole gig is that he gets fucked up and I'm like, Man, you're really missing out on some shit. I mean you're doing some cool shit too though. You're getting to see the world, but you're fucked up the whole time, so And so that's just, just like a that's Being our hung over in a different yeah. hotel room
1: right <laughs> right yeah. yeah so that's the perception so i right. again, again uh, jerry and i have no idea I you know what these people. people's lives are like Right, but just like y'all don't know
0: what my life is
1: like <laughs> but the perception is these are people who drink heavily use heavily right? and mm-hmm. so this one month out of the year they do this thing together and Clean i think it that, up. Mm-hmm. i think that's great to come together and have support and have accountability and to get a perspective but yeah, sounds when familiar. when 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 nothing is done with that perspective afterwards and it just you go back to drinking as normal, it feels right. it does
0: feel a little like disappointing. Well, if you can't moderate. Right. If you have mm-hmm. a if you have the quote unquote problem, you can't moderate. You got the gene, the bug. It's hard. Do you know what I mean? Because then you just go right back to not being able to moderate again. But Mm -hmm. if you're like a normal drinker and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to drink for the month of October. Great. Because it's good for my health. And then you go back to having one glass of beer like every three days. Well, cool. But you know, if you're over there like Kreischer just sweating it out and going from anxiety to drunk to anxiety to drunk to hangover, like what a fucking mess. But once again, I can't really talk about a person I don't know. It's only the way that maybe that's comedy and podcast Kreischer. You know, and that's the only guy I see. And I don't see this man at his house with his family doing shit with his wife and kids. But right, but I guess the point is the Sober October thing is I met it with more disdain in the past. And now I meet it with more like, I feel bad for you. If, if, it's, if you feel like it's that bad that you need to take that month off, like that's your respite from being out in the war. You don't have to even be in the war mm-hmm. in the first place, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to come back from the front and be like, "Whoa, it's fucking crazy out there." I shit my pants. Yeah, and now for this whole month, I'm not going to shit my pants. I'm like, why don't you just don't go back out? It's, nobody's making you go back out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's always I'm uh, yeah I feel the same way. It's always just a little like skeptical, like, huh, like um, that's great, good for you. Um, I mean, i because I've done it too, where I was like, I just need a month to clear my head. I think yeah. I think it happened in like April of
0: 2012. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh wow! So you were in Sonoma at that point? Yeah, I was in
1: Napa or Sonoma, and mm-hmm. I, I just... um Well, so what had happened was, um what had happened was, I met with some people at work. We all, for twenty bucks a piece, we rented a party bus.
0: <laughs> oh jeez
1: one of these sounds like part of a John idea. Yeah. <clears throat> and we went to a brewery. So we got an appointment at a brewery as, as like a restaurant group. And so we mm-hmm. went to this brewery and they had us up in this cool, you know, loft lodge kind of place. And we're drinking beer and drinking beer and there was like music and we're getting hammered and we're getting more hammered. And this is just beer, but it's like that high proof, you know, and most yeah. people haven't eaten, you know, so everyone's kind of drunk and we're out there and we've got a ride home so who cares whatever right yeah and we go back to the restaurant like minutes before it's supposed to close and we're ordering french fries and all the shit and we're acting like total assholes at the place where we work and at this point i think i am i'm the bar manager of this place so Mm -hmm. that's terrible
0: too Right, because you're at work, and you're shitting where you're eating now.
1: Uh-huh, and I had to work the next day. So that would have been a, that would have been a Tuesday, because I think Wednesdays were my morning shift back then. And so I mm-hmm. showed up at 10 o'clock in the morning. After we'd gotten there, I thought, oh, well, I've eaten some french fries, so I'm good to drive home. <laughs>
0: Those magical french fries, dude. It's like a <laughs> magical pizza.
1: <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, so I get home, I wake up, and I feel like, hell. Like, so I've been drinking beer all fucking day. Yeah. And I get to work and my boss, who's also my friend, who, you know, I've known at this point for like seven years. And he's the general manager of the place. And he Mm -hmm. pulls me aside and he doesn't. He basically says. This behavior is unacceptable. I I don't know if you have a problem or not. I'm not interested if you have a problem you should seek to fix it, rectify it, get some help. Right. I'm not here to write you up. It was we when we sat there and we talked for like 40 minutes or something like oh, that. Oh,
0: man, that's the worst, dude. And I was so oh, dude.
1: ashamed. I went home and I was so, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I drank right after, but I, I think that I was like, okay, I need to just quit for a while and figure this mm-hmm. out. And I did for a month. Dude. But it was just that talk of like, not only my boss, but my good friends and disappointed and really needs more from me. And you're not going to lose your job, but this certainly can't continue.
0: That's the fucking worst, (laughs) dude. I'm crawling in it It because I'm very familiar. I've had that one too. So you took a month off after that. I took a month off. I I don't know that I learned anything. Other than you punched right back in thirty days later, right? One hundred percent.
1: I thought, okay, I did my thirty days. I got it handled. We've we've put that in the past. We've moved past that. That's no big deal anymore.
0: Problem solved. <laughs> Problem Just solved. Just dusting off your hand. Problems. I am no longer a ripping alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Problem
1: solved. And I went right back to it. So I think that the first thirty days of sobriety requires a lot of maintenance and getting it all out especially with just with you know being an alcoholic let alone a problem drinker let alone a moderate drinker let alone mm-hmm. uh, whatever whatever your your issue is um but i didn't do any work i just didn't drink i probably yeah. still ate like shit i probably still slept late i probably still stayed up late i probably was just miserable and yeah, that just probably smoking and watching, listening mm-hmm.
0: to records and smoking and probably maybe watching old Simpsons and being like, can't drink because I fucking almost got fired. Cause in your mind, you're probably like, I almost, I know he mm-hmm. probably wouldn't fire me, but I almost got fired. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was those external consequences that led me to that month, but no real exploration on anything bigger or deeper. You just hit
0: pause. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't eject the tape. You didn't eject the game, the DVD, whatever (laughs) it is. Eject the tape. You didn't 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 take it back to the blockbuster. (laughs) Yeah. But you just hit pause on the thing Uh and then you just restart it back up again. It's like Mm -hmm. there's no no stop. So, man, philosophically, are these big long periods that we're taking of abstinence uh, just a longer period of pause? Right? Wouldn't that be within the philosophy of the program and the philosophy of alcoholism that – you and I are just have been just pausing it, but learning how to not restart it.
1: Yeah. If, if there is no, if there is zero spiritual growth, if you, if you, if you, you got sober in 2014, if you didn't make any other changes and you just stayed right. there, I mean, eventually you would get miserable. I talked to a, uh, there's one of the conversations with the guy by the name of Ian McDowell, McDonald, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Ian McDonald. And, um, Ian tells a story about how he got sober, and for five years he did it without a program. And he's like, I did it, and I can do it, but I hated every single day of it. Yeah. And it wasn't until he got into the program that life opened up, right? Right. It wasn't until there was progress. Wow. Yeah. Or there was some spiritual change that life opened up. But he
0: did it. Right. To prove it to who? I don't know. Himself? Somebody else. This, that's such a trip, dude, because I think when you say that, I think about how there are times even now where I fucking hate my life. There are absolutely times right now where I hate my life, where I'm just like – I despise being alive. I despise my life in this moment. But those times pass, and they're very short. It's not like a week. It's usually like 30 seconds. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or a minute. Or I have low blood sugar, where I'm going through mad hardcore halting. I'm just halting <laughs> it. I'm a halter top, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, – yeah, I just can't imagine that feeling every fucking day because I'm not drinking. You know what I mean? And I really can't stress enough that I don't walk around like this gratitude monster because I just don't think being a gratitude, mo- like a gratitude machine is, in my eyes, unrealistic. Maybe some people feel that way, but I personally am like, can't just be grateful for everything 24 hours a day. It's too hard. It's just too hard. It's like holding a pee way too long. Can't do it. I'm a negative person in some ways. So I cannot imagine, though, that feeling of like, I hate being alive for five years straight like every day the feeling that way because i can't drink not feeling that way because i'm broke or i have a headache or do you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. things aren't going the way i want them i need them to be going you know because a lot of that's rooted in my selfishness too but i guess to me that just twists my head it just makes my heart hurt for that person mm-hmm. you know? and i mean obviously they're doing better now but you know yeah
1: i imagine right yeah um but there's been some spiritual growth in your life that has allowed you
0: right i'm killing it
1: <laughs> <laughs> right that has allowed you to to feel good in those moments and i have those same exact moments where i'm like man i don't want to fucking wake up in this bed man i don't want to fucking go to this job man i don't want to fucking right. i don't want to yeah. deal with this like why am i not better and, or why am i not this or why am i not that and um and they pass and right Right. I think they pass because maybe, you know, a little bit of gratitude will come in and say, okay.
0: Right. Okay. I just want to, yeah, because I I do feel grateful for things. I'm just saying I can't overwhelm myself with it because it's just not within my emotional makeup yet. How about that? Mm -hmm. That's my caveat. Not yet. Maybe one day I'll be able to overwhelm everyone around me with a rainbow of gratitude. But at this moment in my life, I'm just not that person. But that being said, I agree with you. That a little bit, some gratitude helps absolutely. Absolutely mm-hmm. helps. Yeah. Yeah. And and to answer your question,
1: <laughs> is this just a long... Are we just in the midst of, a, of a waiting for a very... Is this a long dry drunk in the midst of the next relapse? Oh, no, that's not what I'm asking. Or, but yeah,
0: but let's... I mean, we can phrase it that way. I just... I know because I'm over here asking the hard questions because well, we have no topics. So I'm just going wild. <laughs> that's fine. That's great. Yeah. I I, I think that... um.
1: I've made the decision in my life that mm-hmm. the only zero tolerance I can have is alcohol right right so, so other things can change other things can move um right, I, I'm, right. Not, I'm not really interested in in, in substances in general um, you know i don't i can't I can't imagine a, a future where my views on ayahuasca are going to change like I'm not you right. know what I mean like I'm not mm-hmm. interested in in that kind of stuff or although what bill Wilson dropped lsd to get sober. a bit i guess LSD. yeah hanging out Something. with carl young yeah mm-hmm.
0: talking to carl young and eating fucking acid i don't know if he was eating a lot right i don't know but any historians let us know yes no. but um, does anyone ever actually answer our questions when i say hey anybody no. know this well that's no. not
1: true some people do And i get i get i get some i get some traction from uh, uh our patrons on patreon and that's mm-hmm. that's actually that's my favorite place to to interact with people and if I can plug that really quickly <laughs> um, but um, patreon.com slash AIFA. but so I do get I do get questions answered I do get um, some some insight and some feedback from people so yeah um, what
0: was your question but anyway we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about the pause button right mm-hmm. no well we We were talking about we kind of diverged into this or whatever, but maybe the pause is the wrong metaphor for it because I feel like maybe it's a hard pause is what we're doing, right? But part of me also says I can't – thinks I can't guarantee you I won't relapse. I can't. I I cannot ride my laurels and be like I'm done and I'm never drinking again because that's a good way to fuck yourself over. You know what I mean to make absolute statements because life is – there's no. There's only really one absolute in life and that, that life ends eventually, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like, well, maybe that's my stop button. Maybe that's when I know I'm fully stopped and recovered is that I go drinking. I do not have a drink until I die and that's the stop. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So to me, it was always like on a weird pause. But maybe the hard pause is you like stop it, take the tape out and put the tape under your bed and then one day you're like – Huh, I wonder what's on this old tape. And you put it back in and get it started back up again. I don't know if the right metaphor for it, but I've always felt like with me in my recovery, I've, I, I I cannot look anyone in the eye and say I'm done 100%. And that's not because I have doubts in myself. I just don't trust the universe. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like I don't trust things around me sometimes. So I'm like, I don't know. It's like putting your hand on the Bible and being like, I swear I'm never going to do it again. I think mm.
1: I think maybe when I hear you say that I, and I, I hear it a lot, you know, we all we all say it. Well, I don't know. I've just got to get through today. Right. So there's a couple of things, I think. I think, two: living in the moment and living in today and living in the now. Right. Sort of reduces the stress of the rest of our lives. <sighs> yeah, um, dude. Right? Hell yeah. I yeah. think, too, in my active alcoholism, the only thing that was rigid, constant and always present was drinking. Yep. So, yeah. So so in sobriety I have found more flexibility. I have found more freedom in the structure of the steps of the program. Mm -hmm. That now I don't need to think about whether or not there's no question about what the next right thing is because it's been laid out for me. And not just by a book, but by my own interpretation of the book, by my own interpretation of how I'm going to live my life.
0: I go, well, I just don't do that anymore. Yeah. See, see, that's a, that's a way better way of putting it. I just don't do that anymore because we do, we hear the relapse stories. I talk mm-hmm. to people personally in my life who are like, yeah, I have very close to someone who has had multiple decades who have relapsed. I've heard that story a few times during quarantine. Mm-hmm. Actually, seems like people are really fucking tearing it up right now, you know, mm-hmm. and I get it. This is a really stressful, fucked up hard time, politically, physically, emotionally, financially. It's all every, every box you can tick. You can tick. It's mm-hmm. all hard. But uh, that being said, like I lost my point because I was thinking about how awful it is. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not that. It's pretty bad, but it's not that bad.
1: No. Bad. Well, I was just saying is that there's this structure that oh, allows us the freedom. Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's that's the
1: thing that for me goes. I I don't. I just don't do that anymore.
0: Right. Okay. And that's what I was saying was my recovery isn't guaranteed, but I can guarantee that I don't do that anymore. You, absolutely, and that's a great way of looking at it. You know, but you could you could you could you
1: guarantee you're not going to drink today?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's right. what it is. It's the one day at a time. But I can't guarantee I'm not going to drink tomorrow. That's right. what that's the that's the rhetoric I hear in the rooms all the time. Now I can tell you, I can look you over the eyes in this podcast, and be like, I know I'm not going to drink tomorrow because I don't have any plans on drinking tomorrow. Right. But. You know, the, the life serves you that big steaming plate of reality, like my dad says, and you mm-hmm. got to learn how to deal with it, right? So in my mind, I know, like there's nothing that would make me want to drink right now that I can think of. Even the awful things that I've told myself in my head, the awful, dark, horrible things I've told myself that would happen, that would allow me, give me permission. I remember sitting in the car one night with an or one day with another alcoholic, and we were going somewhere, and um, they looked at me and said, "You ever wish for something really bad to happen so you can have a drink?" like just way back in your head, like way, way back there. And I'm like, yeah, all the fucking time. And it was so liberating to hear someone else say that because I thought I was a crazy person. Like I really thought I was a fucked up person to think, wow, if something, maybe not wish for something bad to happen, but just go, wow, if that bad thing happens, that means I'm allowed to have, like if I lose my wife or something, I'm allowed to drink again. Or if I go through this horrible emotional trauma, I'm allowed to drink again, right? Cause you allow yourself allowances. But I know that I wouldn't I know that I wouldn't want to I don't I don't want to no that's the thing I, well because there's like you fucking say because you have your Johnny phrases you say and you're like there's nothing that a drink couldn't not make worse or whatever uh-huh. it is there's, there's nothing a drink could make better you there's know? no problem so bad that alcohol can't make worse Yes, exactly and so I know that too that that should just be a cre- that should just be the credo right that's a constant reality Alcohol alcohol's not going to make whatever tragic fucking imaginary thing happened better just makes me forget temporarily so let's talk about a couple of the i want to use i want to talk about a couple
1: of the words that you just used in there so you talk about Mm -hmm. do you ever wish for something so bad to happen that you could drink Mm -hmm. and we're looking for allowances because right because and so when we describe it that way when i hear you describe it that way i think okay i am not allowed to drink well, who, right. is, who is stopping me? Who is denying me alcohol? Who, right. So I am, I am. Mm-hmm. But, but when I look at it as punishment and reward, mm-hmm. then that sets up a system where I can fail and then I can reward myself, right? Because right. in that in that in that context, the alcohol is the reward. Something so bad
0: happens, then I deserve it. I am rewarded with a Or you drink. need to numb yourself you with it. You know, myself. it could also be a curative in a sense. Like an emotional a sense of an emotional curative more than an award. But go ahead, I like your train of thought. So, Let's keep rolling. T-
1: <laughs> so what if and what do we say instead of I don't I don't have to drink anymore because that was the prison. Alcohol was the prison, not the cure, not the reward, right. not the benefit, no. not the oh, yeah, absolutely. not the thing. So so when mm-hmm. when the tragedy hits and there are things that are going to happen in my life that I can't foresee that are going to be awful. There are things. There are inevitabilities. There dude. are There's... things that I do know are going to happen that are going to be mm-hmm. awful. And I, right. you and I don't need to say them out loud because we all, you know, we all know that these things, people are going to right. leave our lives. We
0: don't need to get too dark. It's already a
1: little dark. Right. <laughs> right. So so why not re why not play that ahead and go, okay, how would I deal with that? And would alcohol help me? Because Mm -hmm. alcohol is not going to help me deal with it. Alcohol is simply going to help me not feel. And exactly. And so when I talk to people like I did, you know, at this meeting and they talk about, oh my God, I love the program so much and it's given me so much. And, that doesn't go away if you have a relapse. No, right? It it's still there. Like, hey mm-hmm. man, we don't, you know, it's, it's like this one of one of the old timers used to say to me, he's like, "We don't care that you left. We're just glad that you're back." Yeah. You don't need to tell us why you drank. We
0: mm-hmm. know.
1: Yeah. And to go into our we did our movie review last week of the um
0: Clean, clean and sober. Clean and sober and what is it? Al- alcoholic coca, cocaina? Yeah, That's that so Spanish. fucking funny. It's uh, alcoholic, cocaina. Yeah, Go ahead. Basically. Sorry. That was, was so just, damn funny, though. It was though. a
1: Spanish title. Um, uh, what was it? Movie poster. But um, I just love M. M-M at Walsh in the, bo- in the booth. And he just says, and he looks matter-of-factly with absolutely no judgment. And he says, mm-hmm. alcoholics are compulsive. And yeah. he keeps eating his yeah. ice cream sundae. Yeah. Which really isn't it good. funny
0: how this movie yeah mm-hmm. i got i got a lot out of that movie me too. even though i didn't want to watch it and then i watched mm-hmm. it i was like all oh, right yeah so i think what you're saying is well no i know what you're saying what i know what I, you're what what saying what am i saying i don't know man <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know man alcohol's I, not the reward alcohol is this not. fucking
1: poison and i don't again i don't want to like be too damnation and judgmental but you're that's get all I susan b anthony on me fucking, fucking suffragette you, over here mm-hmm.
0: breaking over casks <laughs> with an axe breaking open casks a week <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: but that's how I have that's how I look at it for me it's a poison and there's and my brain yes. is is compelled it's com- my brain is compelled to coffee and to and to ice cream and to and sugar and, and to sugar and, and running and, and porn yeah. mm-hmm. and um, buying stuff retail mm-hmm. therapy I've had to like stop that shit you know yeah and still, I like buying stuff. Me too. too right. I so love it. all of yeah. those things. Dumb shit. Too, like every shoe laces. single one of those things. So I am compelled. I am compulsive. I am fucking ready to attach to anything that will make me feel good.
0: The reward system. Right. The reward. Right. That's yeah. just you ready to rub that reward system. That's just normal.
1: And just finding mm-hmm. things that are healthy that I can push myself into.
0: That's the important thing for me. Right. And the running thing is a healthy thing. Yes. It's compulsive, but it's compulsive with both of us. Being Mm -hmm. active, it's great. Isn't that funny? You and I are sitting here being like, being active is compulsive now. Whereas Mm -hmm. being active was not even on the fucking menu back in the day. It was. Yeah. I've been on hikes with you. 2007. I've been on a hike with you in 2007. Was it? Where did we go? I don't know. I don't know exactly, but I know we've been walking through the woods, fucked up, sweating, <laughs> s- smoking right. cigarettes, and complaining. You're like, really? we got to walk a mile and a half to this swimming hole or down to this beach or whatever? Right. Yeah. Nah, fuck that. And
1: now I'll go around the park and do like seven miles. There's this 10 mile hike that I'm really excited to go do once they oh, are in yeah? the
0: parking. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm stoked for you. There's a, uh, I'm, I'm getting excited about going back to Arizona because there's a track, there's a river track there that's like five miles or whatever Mm -hmm. and it runs along the river but i'm I'm like really looking forward to getting it up early before the sun comes up and like doing it in the dark and watching the sun come up while i do it you know you gotta be careful because there's snakes on the track probably so i'll have to like swing a stick i wonder if i should purchase a camelback you know what i mean to have water i don't know though these i've got a little i probably will um i'm like excited to do these desert runs though that's awesome i like i'm genuinely looking forward to that i I usually i'm like i gotta run the same track because i usually run my same two tracks you know Mm -hmm. but But anyway, these are – I don't know, man. I think we can manage it even if the bad shit happens. I honestly have faith in myself that I can manage it. And so if I were asked that same question today, I'd be like, yeah, I think the lizard part of my brain, the little alcoholic that lives in the back of my school bus or whatever, Mm -hmm. wants that. But I think – I know. I think I can manage it. Like, you know? Can you, can you draw that? Can you draw a lizard in the back
1: of a school bus? Fucking Being like, hey. <laughs> that's hey. I don't know why. I just love that image. Go get a fucking pint of Rumplemints. Just hanging out the back. Yeah, uh-huh. we a pint of Rumplemints. Like just,
0: just hold your nose and drink the entire pint of Rumplemints on your bike. That oh. wouldn't be in a car. be on your bike behind the liquor store. Mm-hmm. No one will know. No one will know. No Buy no a pack know. of cigarettes. They won't smell it. They always smell it. They always smell it, dude. Everybody smells That's why I never understood. You've been drinking vodka? Like, vodka has no smell. Fuck that. Vodka smells. It makes your gut smell like a wine cellar. Like, mm-hmm. that's such a bad trope on TV. Yeah.
1: So do you think, um... Mm. I don't know how you feel about this when you when when you're going to be moving and coming down here. I don't know if you're going to have time or if we can make time or if I don't a, know if
0: I'll be able to because. Are you gonna I've got through? my I've got like family members flying up to help us move. Oh. We'll see. Well, because I, I was just thinking about that the other day too, and I know that I've got either my mom and dad flying up or my brother or somebody flying up to help us move. So, Megan wants to do the huh. push in like two days, huh. three days. Yeah. Okay. But, so we'll
1: see. Well, whatever. Either way, then we'll have to figure out something else. Um, I might have
0: to get over my fear of flying and actually fly to fucking Napa and come hang out with you. Or you know, maybe that's my big step. When fly down to Arizona?
1: I'll fly down to Arizona. Run the Rieto, track the Rieto River. I'll do that. Well, I would love to go out into the. I love the desert. I mean, I really do. I just, I can't. You know, we talked to Coda. I can't. You know, it's. It can be very (laughs) impressive.
0: No, it's absolutely. Fly up in like November. (laughs) And we'll fucking—I'm just laughing at both of us. Like we'll do some hiking. We'll hike to Hill, and we'll do it with little camelbacks. Like me, yeah, and you. I have two. Dudes. two. I
1: have three. I, know. I have
0: three. I have one big one and two small ones. And Megan will be like, "Can I come?" We'll be like, "No, this is just an alcoholic <laughs> thing." Me and the boys gonna go get some buffalo wild wings and hike mm-hmm. to Macock, right? Yeah. I think, um, Go get Sonoran hot dogs. I think, uh, well, I'd love
1: to take you to, to the parks around here, too. One of I want to do
0: that because I watch your videos. I do oh, watch gorgeous. your videos, by the yeah. way, and I, they're, it's beautiful, man. It's like golden waves out there, like every hill is like this golden rolling wave. But yeah, yeah. and I, I don't, yeah, we'll see, we'll, we'll figure it out.
1: That's that's not the important part. But, I mean, this is... I think the, the point of all this is the the genuine excitement to be out and be active and be... Around. Be a part of something and be... My friends, yeah. I was just listening to and um, editing a video for... Um, I did an interview with a guy by the name of Chris Marshall, and he runs Sands Bar, which is an uh, alcohol-free bar. Oh, we've in talked Austin. about this. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so before COVID hit, he was he was traveling around the country and opening up, like doing pop-ups and having people in there. And one of the things that struck me last night while I was editing the video on uh, you know A's for Alcoholic at YouTube dot com slash whatever um, <laughs> was was that he was he had a counselor who said hey, Chris, do you feel a part of life? Do you, do you feel a part of? And it really struck me as like, that's the connection I think that we're all looking for as alcoholics. Yeah, Is to be a part of life, to feel connected to life. And so often in our darkest, drinkiest, shittiest moments, we feel so di- disconnected from life. Not just a connection with people, not just um, Rat City, uh, you know, connection versus addiction. Kind I know of stuff, what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A part of life. And just for me, I find that shit out in the wild and, um, and in, in nature for sure. But also in doing this with you and, um, you know, helping people that I do in the program and sharing my story of, <laughs> you know, shitty drinking and, uh, you know, uh, mediocre dragging my feet recovery <laughs> to get where yeah. I'm at. Yeah. So I just, and that's just something that I, that occurred to me was that, do you feel a part of life? And I thought that that was a really powerful question mm-hmm. and going, okay, well if I don't, then, then what's going to help me? So I don't know. I yeah. just, I think it's great that we, we sit here and talk about hiking. Cause I would love to, I'll go out in the desert with you.
0: Fuck yeah! We don't even have to take ayahuasca. We just don't drink enough water and we'll hallucinate. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Right. (laughs) We'll just like slap a snake and then we'll both have vision quests Mm -hmm. that'll end at the hospital. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I was playing Red Dead Redemption
1: Two last night and I think a snake was on the trail because at one point my horse got spooked and it was like a little red dot and it was like, "Snake will fuck your day up. It'll bite you." I just kept running. I didn't like. I'm not trying to shoot a snake. Fuck your health up.
0: You can though. Eventually, and it feels good. You pop uh. and fuck you, Eastern Timber Rattlesnake, suck a dick, and then you shoot mm-hmm. it. Or whatever. Um, or don't shoot it. Don't shoot it. You shoot a buffalo yet? No, and I haven't a, seen any buffalo. I haven't. I've seen them. I haven't. I don't kill them. I feel, I feel like a monster. Shitty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'll kill people <laughs> left and right. I won't kill dogs in buffalo. I pet every dog I see, too. I
1: accidentally... I got ambushed by... Uh, did you kill one of their dogs? No, but I got ambushed by some, I don't know, wrestlers or whatever... And mm-hmm. in the melee and in the haste, I tried mm-hmm. to point my gun and I got hit. And my gun went down and I shot my own horse. Oh. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, Bucket. His name's
0: Bucket. I, gotta, and I was like, Bucket, uh-huh. no. I got to teach then, you how to do this. We'll go online. We'll do a multiplayer, just me and you together. Okay. And we'll just ride off in the woods and I'll show you how to do stuff. And then so what
1: happened is I got a new horse when I – respond and i was like but Mm. this horse doesn't know me
0: doesn't like me i don't want to have to try to you gotta keep you start petting it all the time brushing it (sighs) shouldn't have killed bucket maintenance that horse is 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 like that's my recovery right yes dude yeah (laughs) that game is like your recovery because you got to maintain everything Mm. you gotta Mm -hmm. like i said clean your guns stay fed get haircuts if you want people to be nice to you right and maintenance isn't the bad thing right maintenance is the good thing maintenance is what
1: keeps us you know we yeah. talk about doing the dishes we talk about the structure is what yeah. allows us to not have to think about those things so that we can be free Right. to be free to have yeah.
0: you know so it's working on your freedom one link at a time man yeah, yeah. Um.
1: are there any other uh, parting words before we uh, head off into the sunset
0: no head <laughs> off onto the trail I gotta go paint a house in an hour here so you're painting an yeah. actual house are you uh... yeah my wife and I have been doing a house painting job okay for a client of hers right on so that's Um, my day that's your day
1: yeah well enjoy that feel good yeah and uh i don't know what i'm gonna do uh text walter tell him happy birthday oh yeah okay and um for those of you listening and if you know him or don't know him i mean I think his birthday's already passed by the time this is out, but you can text him happy birthday if you got his number.
0: Yeah, if you follow Walter on Instagram through the podcast, he loves when people wish him a happy birthday on Facebook and on his Instagram. Right. Um, so, all right. All
1: right
0: he loves it. All right, man. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. Thanks
1: again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com.
0: And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.